Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, February 15. If anything or anyone distresses you, think how you'll probably feel a week, a month, a year later. If you can imagine yourself being happy and peaceful then, why waste all that time? Be happy and peaceful now. Swamiji was fond of telling this story of once when he was driving up to Lake Tahoe from Ananda village in the winter time. And he was traveling in the car with three or four friends and they were on their way to um, go skiing. Uh, that was one of the last times that Swami was able to ski. He developed arthritis in his hips in his 40s and then he wasn't able to ski anymore. But he grew up in Europe and in, went to school in Switzerland and skiing was something he really loved. So they were going up in this uh, American car, big American car that Swami had at that time, and he was driving. He'd actually insisted on taking over the driving, which was interesting. And he had bought a new pair of tires, and he thought the tires had already been installed on the car, but it turned out they hadn't been installed, and in fact the bald tires were still on the car. So they were going up, and it was uh, winter conditions, and something happened and he hit the brakes, and because the tires were bald, he just began to skid. And they skidded across, and he ran into a bus, the back of a Greyhound bus. Fortunately, nobody was going very fast, and the car was inoperable, but uh, and no one was hurt. There was a funny part of that, which was Swami, Swami Kriyananda was amazing at being able to keep his composure even when sudden, unexpected things happened to him. In my book, Swami Kriyananda, as we have known him, I actually think I tell two incidents like this. Of uh, Once Swamiji was part of a, a panel in a, a public event, it was called Meeting of the Ways, and they had all these different uh, uh, well-known speakers, teachers from different spiritual traditions, and they were all sitting in rocking chairs, of all things, up on this dais. And the dais was a raised, raised a platform a, a foot or two off the floor. And Swamiji was sitting in his chair, and he was enjoying the rocking like this. And somehow, however, the rocking was causing the chair to slip slowly. And he was at the end of the row. And I happened to be watching him when it happened. And his chair just went over the side, <laughs> just tipped over sideways. Swami didn't exclaim. He didn't, you know, nothing. He, there was no flailing. He just fell over in his chair, then quietly got up and put the chair back on. I happened to have been watching him or else you would have hardly even noticed, you know. On another occasion, he was sitting in a, uh, just a, a regular armchair at Ananda when he was giving a talk, and he was, he was giving a very spirited lecture, but he was seated, and someone had put the chair just, you know, a millimeter uh, in front of the edge of this 18-inch platform that he was sitting on under this tree, and in the course of his talk, he created enough uh, movement that all of a sudden the chair just fell over backwards. In this case, once again, the chair just fell over backwards. Swami didn't even stop talking. 
He just continued his thought, stood up, finished his thought. They put the chair in front of him. He sat down and just kept going. It was an amazing demonstration to me of just letting whatever comes come and not be so... I mean, it was a very interesting both. Just not being so fixed in what in this moment that the next moment has to follow from it. It's like each moment was its own thing. Here he's sitting in a chair and now he's falling off the dais. It's like each one has integrity. Why should I be responding differently to these two realities? I, I've made a habit that I by no means am I all successful at. I've made a practice, that's the word I want to use, of trying not to react when unexpected things happen. You know, when a, like when you stub your toe or somebody startles you or just something happens that you don't expect to happen and the natural reaction is to cry out in alarm. I, I, I try, and by no means am I always successful, by any means, but I try not to react. Why should I react? I mean, it's just, this is now, and the next minute is a complete new reality. Why should I um, have expectations of one to the next? But going back to Swami hitting the brakes and the car skidding and him running into the back of the bus, as it happened, the bus was going where they were going. <laughs> So they just gathered all their gear out of the car and got on the bus and you know, made arrangements, whatever needed to be done to get the car towed or whatever had to happen. And when he got on the bus, the car was totaled, or it appeared as though it was going to be. Um, and he got on the bus and he was just perfectly cheerful. And other people on the bus were saying to him, oh, you poor man, you know, you've lost your car and this. He said, in a month I'm going to feel just fine. Why waste all that time? And he wasn't... Um, it wasn't even an affirmation. It was, I've lost my car. You know, it's like, what, it's done. This is reality. So there is this very, very deep-seated commitment, false commitment, but a very, very deep-seated commitment that a lot of people carry, which is that somehow I have to suffer. I have to mourn. And above all, I have to resist. Something has happened that cannot be changed, but for some reason we think that if we keep resisting it, somehow that will help. It's, it's really an interesting thing to think about. Now, sometimes, of course, you know, there's a circumstance that can be resisted. There is something I can do about this. And then, you know, committed dynamic energy is a good idea. But even as we commit ourselves to a course of action, if that action is going to be viable and fruitful in the way we want, it also has to be rooted in what is. There has to be a willingness to just see things for what they are and then go forward from that point. And the degree to which we continue to lament and wish it were different and, and weep about what has happened, to that extent, energy is being drained out of the situation. I was, I was caught in a situation once many, many years ago, at the very beginning of my spiritual life, in which circumstances shifted in a way that I, I wished hadn't happened, that was actually very hard on my heart. But everybody had changed. You know, it's just like I'd, I'd had a circumstance in my life that was dependent on a number of people holding certain points of view and values, and those points of view and values had changed, and nobody was coming back. So it was over. There was just no way around it. It was over. But I was broken-hearted, and I was, I was teary, and I was unhappy about what was going on 
you know, sort of a lot of the time. And then I finally realized that no power on hev- in heaven or earth was ever going to restore the conditions that I'd lost. And therefore, if I was going to cry, I was going to cry for the rest of my life. And I thought, I don't think this is a good idea. And I made a very powerful resolution, which took a little time to implement, but it did succeed, which is, this has to be accepted. And since it's going to be accepted, it has to be accepted, then why not start now? And that's what Swamiji is saying. What, what good will it do me? Now, this is not to suppress your feelings. This is not to deny your feelings. This is not to lie and say that everything's fine when it isn't. He's not talking about hypocrisy or suppression, as I said. He's just talking about clear-eyed acceptance and also the clear realization that time will change the way I feel. So what can I do to, to speed up that time? I remember a circumstance I was in where something had happened to me that I really didn't want to have happen. I was just, you know, other people had not cooperated with what I wanted. And I was very mad about it. I was very annoyed about it, as I would say. I just wanted it to be different. But what I, <laughs> what I gradually began to realize is that I was not only going to have to accept reality, I was going to have to accept reality cheerfully and with good grace. <laughs> and I finally got clear enough in myself to realize that's what made me mad, is that God knew I was going to rise to the occasion, <laughs> and I didn't want to. I just wanted to be coddled like a baby. And I wasn't going to be coddled like a baby. I was going to have to rise to the occasion. And it, just, it was just funny to watch the mind. So we can't always just go like that because there's some scars and we, we get, you get into the geologic strata of, of whatever unhappiness or disappointment is hitting you. And I certainly sometimes experience that an, an experience in the present moment will open a door and put you in a room of a certain kind of feeling whether it's abandonment or disappointment or um, disappointment in yourself or sense of betrayal or whatever it might be. Once you get into that room, there's a lot of other stuff in that room that is all previous lifetimes. So you, you, it's, this is the way Master put it is, thoughts are not, they don't spring from the individual, they're waves of consciousness. And so sometimes something that happens in the present will catapult you into a certain vibration of consciousness, and then all of a sudden we'll be experiencing that vibration of consciousness within ourselves. And the grief or the anger or the disappointment or the, the fear is just way out of proportion to what's actually happening. Because every unresolved, every unresolved vibration of, that matches that one is now the door's been opened. It's really like a closet that's just full of stuff and you open it and the things start falling off the shelf. So, you, you know, the door gets ripped open in the present moment and all this stuff that you've been throwing in there for a long time just falls into the hall and you've got to either sort through it, throw it away, or get it back in the closet, whatever, you, whatever the best solution is for it. But eventually you will do it. So it's only a matter of how long we want to suffer. And that's always the question, how long do I want to suffer? 
And, and how is this suffering serving me? That's a question a friend of mine asked. Oh, she said, how is that working for you? Because if it wasn't serving you in some way, you would stop doing it. I mean, things that really don't serve us, we don't do anymore. Anybody who's conquered any um, negative habit knows that. You know, people, especially people who've conquered drinking or drugs or, you know, something really big that they've had to fight against. But even a tendency to be angry or a tendency to shout or a tendency to run away or whatever, any, any negative tendency in yourself that you don't follow anymore, you don't follow it because you tried it and it didn't work. And so any negative inclination that you're still following, somehow or another is still working for you. And it's, it's the way I think about it is, you don't really change, we don't really change, until the effort to change is less painful than the pain of continuing as we are. But that's a very fine balance, and we, we, won't, we won't make the effort to be different until, until that effort looks better than just continuing as we are. And so that's part of it, you know, why are we waiting a week? Why are we waiting a month? Why are we waiting a year? How is this working for me? What am I getting from this? And sometimes the answer is, you know, I really, I really need to know myself better. I really need to be unafraid of these feelings. I really need to explore this geologic strata. I really need to sort through the stuff in this closet. I really do need to see what's in this closet, and I need to really throw it away, not just stuff it back in. I mean... Certainly I know in my own housekeeping every once in a while I'll resolve to really clear something out. But I get into it and I'm, I just get bored and I just put it back in. And I know someday I'm going to have to clear that out, but not today. Today's not the day I'm going to do it. And so emotionally it's not different. But sometimes there does come the day when this is the day I have to clear it out. But, but indulging it, wallowing might even be the right word, because the idea of actually facing it, drawing up the divine energy to really see past this to the grace behind it is just too hard. So we have to be kind to ourselves. But that doesn't change the facts. In a month, in a year, in an incarnation, I won't feel this way anymore. So why am I wasting all that time? And then again, be kind in your answer, be realistic in your answer. But don't, tra- don't change the truth of it in order to protect yourself. Just say, this is the best I can do for now. And I know that day will come. And by God's grace, let it come quickly. So, let me say. If anything or anyone distresses you, think how you'll probably feel a week, a month, a year later. If you can imagine yourself being happy and peaceful then, why waste all that time? Be happy and peaceful now. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.